Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Build a Business Success Secrets. I am your host, Brandon C. White. And today, we are joined with Gia B., my executive assistant, and we are talking about how to work with a virtual or remote assistant from the perspective of an assistant. You're going to enjoy this episode, and if you don't have a virtual assistant or a remote assistant, you should think about getting one if you're listening to this podcast because likely you're someone who values your time greatly, and having a team member like this has been immensely helpful for me over the years. You're going to love this episode. Let's not waste another second. Let's get to it. All right, everyone. We have Gia here to give us a perspective of what are we, what are we doing today, Gia? How to work with a remote assistant from the perspective of a remote assistant. There you go. And I think this is a really good perspective because Gia and I have been working together how long? Six years? Five years? Maybe six years, I think, in January. Six years. And up in, well, I would say 85% of our work is remote. Sometimes when before COVID, yeah, she would come out and do like a week or two when we needed to get a project or something like that done. But that has not happened since the beginning of the year. It has not. All right. So I think this is going to be really good advice. Gia has put together some tips, not only for assistants who are working remotely and how to do that, but also people who have assistants and how to set that up. What would you say, Gia, is probably the hardest struggle that you struggle with trying to keep up with things remotely? Well, I think the hardest thing for anybody to keep up with working remotely typically for a startup or a small business or something of that nature is just that the work is always going to pile up and zero inbox is a myth for people in this kind of situation. I mean, maybe if you work for a Fortune 500 company and you have hundreds of people working under you with a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work, you can get to zero inbox, but that just doesn't happen in this kind of business environment. So you have to be really good at prioritizing and staying on top of yourself and staying on top of all of the tasks that are going to get thrown at you just so that, you know, the important things don't start slipping between the cracks. And that's a very delicate balance and definitely something that you can't really teach. You just kind of have to get a feel for it over time. Well, in the beginning, because now it's easier, right? For us. Oh, for sure. For sure. So in the beginning, what, what do you think the biggest hurdle was? Because it's hard to get in the flow when you're not around all the, in physically around to overhear things and things like that, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that can be a big challenge, but especially because I'm from the East Coast. So I'm from a section of the country that until COVID was not particularly receptive to the idea of telecommuting at all. So it wasn't like, you know, I have a ton of friends or anything who are 100% telecommute and I could kind of 
look to them for advice on how to settle into working exclusively remote and some tips and tricks to stay on top of productivity and to keep myself motivated. Because it is, you have to have a lot of internal motivation to work completely remotely. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that right now with COVID and productivity is a disaster at the moment in, in general. But I would think that just learning just the basic life skills of always being able to motivate yourself and always being able to stay on top of yourself and hold yourself accountable are the biggest things that were a challenge in the beginning because, you know, it's one thing to have accountability in your personal life, but it's another thing entirely to have accountability in your personal life and your professional life and everything in between. You know, everybody gets to that point where they're just like, I want to turn off my brain and sit and watch TV. And you cannot do that. (laughs) You have to stay on top of it. I think the irony is that when we started a long time ago, and I was a big proponent and have been of remote teams, there was a lot of pushback, wasn't there? A lot of people gave us pushback. And it's amazing to me that it seems to be working. I understand people are, some people are struggling with it, mainly because they've got to get used to this home office idea and creating space for yourself and things like that. But I just find it really interesting that Companies are still working and still making money, right? Well, that and companies are still working and companies are making money. But the fact that it's catching on even in non-pandemic times, I think, is very telling. I think you actually were the one who told me Halo Ice Cream is a completely remote company. And they're giant. They're sold in in uh, food stores all over the country. And they're making it work. So Yeah, I, and they I, made I it work from the... From the start, I think they have, the the last I read, they had 400 employees remote. And the other example I always use, and I'm sure you've heard me say it before, is we have this operating system called Linux, and a lot of people use Linux. And I think it was built by and still kept up by five or 7,000 developers around the world who have never met and do it part-time, and it seems to work. So... I don't want to harp on that, but I do find it quite interesting that it's still working. And I think people will get used to it and you make mistakes and, you know, it's not always easy, but I can tell you that I don't mind not commuting. I certainly don't either. I think telecommute leads to a 100% happier workforce. There you go. So what are your three tips, HP? Okay. My three HPTs that I sat down and thought about for everyone is the first one, and I think this is the most important one, is that as a remote assistant and as with any assistant, but I think even more so as a remote assistant because you're not physically there, you have to hold your ground. You were hired to be an accountability system, and CEOs are very busy, typically decently scatterbrained people, and they need that. They need you to be like, we have to stay on track. You know, you said you were going to do this. We have to do this. You know, you can't be, you can't be afraid to, I guess, be assertive and a little aggressive because at the end of the day, you need to get shit done. And if shit's not getting done, then, you know, you have to take it there. I think that's good advice. Do you think, do you think that we're scatterbrained or do you think that it's, is that another word for OCD or I'm just curious. I, yeah. I, maybe scatterbrained isn't the best word. I think, 
she but she but I, I I know what I mean, but I don't think there's one word for it. So what I'm trying to say is that she you have a million ideas an hour, and just not all of them were destined to come to fruition, and you have to be able to, I guess, cut through all that noise and be like, okay, well, but these are the ones we already committed to, so we have to work on those first. I think and that was then we can try good, all this new stuff. <laughs> very good politically correct answer. What is your number two, HDP? The second one is that being a remote assistant is not a leave it at the office job. When you walk out of whatever space that you have designated for work, it, your job is not over. For, I'll give you a really good example. One time you were flying into Reagan and... You, the plane was delayed. There was some weather or something. You were supposed to be landing at three o'clock in the morning. And because your plane was late, they had canceled your car when you got there. So guess who was on the phone at three o'clock in the morning, making sure you weren't stranded. That's how it works. You know, you're a team and you have to be just as in it as the people that you're working for. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah. And I appreciated that. That was a long night. Yes, it was. What is tip number three? Tip number three is that you have to be ready to learn. Being a remote assistant, and I think being an assistant in 2020, it's becoming less and less of a traditional role. Like, I have never gotten anyone coffee or picked up anyone's dry cleaning, ever. It's never happened. You have to be ready to learn because you're going to do so much more than just answering a phone or handling scheduling or being like the front desk person that's smiley. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, no, not, no, not a damn thing in the world. But, um, you know, being a remote person, those aren't really things that you're going to encounter. You know, you're not sitting behind a desk to be, you know, that face that somebody sees when they walk into an office because you're remote. So I think more so in a remote position than you would see in an in-person position. You have to be agile. You have to be adaptable. Like for example, last week we, I was, and we still are working on a huge data integration for our CRM and our email client and a couple of forms that we have and the lead magnet hosting service that we use. We have to put all that together and I'm doing that. And that's not necessarily something that's traditionally an assistant role. And there, there are just other tasks that come up on a day-to-day basis that wouldn't traditionally fit into that title, but, um, you know, you got to be ready for anything. I think we should also tell the listeners that your role of us working together is really an executive assistant person directly with me. Some people have, I've heard, and we've talked about it, right, is getting some other quote unquote virtual assistants who are really more task oriented. So I think it's important for people to understand that you and I work together and I work directly with you to get tasks done that are related to all everything that I do, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you could get a virtual assistant, which we've talked about hiring someone who might just take the social media off of your plate and then you manage them, right? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we have discussed that. And we've done that for a couple things. Yeah, and it work and it and it works out. So I know you told me you had an HPT for people who have EAs, and, and what is that HPT today? So that is that one, it's kind of a two-part thing. Part number one is that it takes time to develop 
you know, a good working relationship that doesn't require 73 million questions a day. For example, I've done some graphic design for assorted companies that we've run in the past. And I know to never show Brandon anything with a serif font because he hates serif fonts. And I told him that I had noticed that a couple months ago and you asked me what a serif font was. And I was like, it's the fonts with like the little thingies, like Times New Roman, they have like the little thingies. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't like those. (laughs) So it's like, you know, it takes time to learn those things about a person. So you do have to be patient. And then the other thing is just that, you know, when you're running your company, this is, you know, it's your baby. You've poured your heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, maybe refinanced your house to make this happen. This is your dream. And you have to remember that other people aren't going to see it that way right from the start. You have to help people believe your dream too. Otherwise, what you're basically doing is expecting somebody to kill themselves for your dream. You have to help them get there. You have to help them see the vision. You have to help them believe. So when they believe, you know, they're right there in it with you. They want the success just as bad as you do. And that doesn't just come out of the box. That's on you to help get that person there. And have we done that well over the last six years? I would say so. I would say so. I am a believer. Now, I have a question for you to wrap this up today. Mm-hmm. What would be the one thing that you wished I had done to help you do a better job that didn't get done and still may not have been done? I'm not really sure. I like to think of myself as a decently adaptable person. So I feel like when we've been faced with some tall challenges, we've always figured out a way over around them, regardless of what the circumstances were. But I suppose it's not super applicable anymore. When we were working in a lot of government spaces and you had no comms for days at a time, you know, that was always a huge bottleneck. So I guess the way that that would apply to our listeners would just be always be open and available for communication. Yeah, I wasn't really open. I I was tired, but not that I didn't realize that that shouldn't be done. I think people should make an effort. As you know, I I really am an introvert. So when I come out of those situations, not to mention you don't see the sun and six other things is, you know, you're just exhausted. So you really don't want to talk. But I will agree with you. There were a lot of times when I should have picked up the phone and at least communicated, but didn't do that. So that wraps up this episode. I hope, why why don't you, Gia, just summarize real quick those last three HPTs for remote assistants working for a manager or a CEO? Okay, so number one is that you have to hold your ground. You are an accountability system. There are things that will not happen if you do not force it. Number two is that you have to be prepared to take your work home with you. Sometimes you're going to have to work after hours and you just have to be okay with it. It's part of the gig. Number three is that you have to be adaptable and ready to learn. You're going to encounter a lot of bizarre and challenging tasks that you probably never would have imagined that you would have had to do that you're going to have to learn how to do. And I am so happy that I've gotten to do every single damn one of them because I am a very well-rounded professional now. (laughs) And there you have it. Thanks, Gia. Of course. Gia's got some great tips, right? Gia, thanks for joining us and giving the perspective of all of your years of experience. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, 
and hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. Until our next show, remember, you are just one business plan away. I'm rooting for your success. We'll see you soon.